Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,972. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm in beautiful Sheffield. Sheffield, is that the right way to say it, Rachel? Sheffield, you can say it however you want, but <laughs> Sheffield, I guess, is the way we... In, in Great Britain, uh, back across the pond again, seems like I've been in the UK many times these last couple months, with a very special returning guest by the name of Rachel Clegg. Rachel, welcome to Cars Yeah! I should say, welcome back to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am indeed. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is going to be fun and fun to catch up with what you're up to because you have a whole new series of your spectacular art. Uh, Before I give you a proper introduction, though, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Rachel? Oh, my word. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Actually, yeah, I would say I'm actually probably secretly quite introverted. When you do something that's quite out there, I think people always expect you to be an extrovert. And actually... I really, really love my own company. I would, I'll tell you what, yeah, this is, the, I would, I have been away on my own to, to different uh, countries and I absolutely love being on my own, on my own, my, I love my own company. Yeah. And I, particularly in strange places, I just find it so, it makes you feel so alive. Yeah. So that's probably, yeah. There you go. I'm actually a loner, basically. Well, and, yeah. and you know, that is very interesting because uh, listeners, as you learn more about Rachel today, uh, and when you get to visually see, I'll put links to her website and see what she does, you'll go, what? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. But you'll learn more about that in a little bit. Let me give you a proper introduction, Rachel, and we're going to move into the fun that you're having here. For almost 10 years, artist Rachel Clegg has made motorsports the subject of her cult collectible photography. Her images published as calendars and as collectible art prints have celebrated some of motorsports best and least known stories, specifically around the Isle of Man TT course and the infamous Nürburgring circuit in Germany. Her images illustrate events throughout the TT's 114 year history and the Nürburgring's 94 year history. Every single prop, every pose, and every location is specifically related to a historical event. This year's edition digs a bit deeper into the riders' and manufacturers' backstories in addition to non-motorsport subjects, including space travel and satellites. All of this done with her witty, silly, and very evocative style. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about what's up with Rachel, but first a word from our valued sponsors, so please give them a little love, and we'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guard for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft. Too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YAH, Y E A H. 
21 at checkout. Yeah, 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Rachel, we're back. Now, you were a past guest on Cars Yeah almost exactly. Six years ago. It was December of 2015. Here we are, December of 2021. Oh my, how how lot has changed. And, you know, you've come a long way. You've done so many interesting things. I would love to talk a little bit first, though, about your past, because my understanding is that your father, Noel, was a successful Isle of Man TT racer. Uh, that race is insane. Every time I watch those videos, I almost can't watch. It's so scary to me. He was a contemporary of Joey Dunlop. Uh, your grandfather, Tom, was a clubsman TT racer. So let's go back in time of this fascination you have in this family history, and then we'll kind of bring it forward to what you're up to today i was always around the the motorcycle paddock i think even when i was a baby obviously i can't remember this but when i was a baby i was taken around europe to all the gp circuits in a caravan and just sort of plunked in the corner why while all mum and dad's racing friends were just like coming in and out of the caravan and it was all lots of camaraderie and and that was with me my whole life pretty much and then um my dad also did the TT every year, so and my grandparents lived there as well. The Isle of Man, it is really magical. I can't describe it, only to say it's a little bit like, it's very Lord of the Ringsy. Yes. So it, And I think because I spent so much time there as a kid visiting my grandparents, and they have all these what they call glens on the Isle of Man, which are like these beautiful valleys that have waterfalls, and they're really lush, and it's kind of almost like fantasy land. And I think those memories are just so ingrained into my mind that I actually get goose pimples talking about the Isle of Man. It's so part of me. And obviously my dad was a racer, which was exciting, but also terrifying because obviously when your father is a a really competitive rider, I mean, he was always, you know, top 10. One year he beat Joy Dunlop, came fourth. So that's and that's a complete privateer with no factory backing, no big sponsors. That's, wow. you know, I always think I would love to have seen my dad's results if he was on a factory machine, you know, with the full financial backing. Amazing rider. But obviously that comes with the the horrible, I'll never forget being with my mum and seeing her go through the mill with the nerves and the... But then again, because we were brought up with that, 
it wasn't a big deal. And because other riders who were family friends, their wives would sit with us. They had kids. It was kind of just normal in a weird way. So wow. it's hard yeah. to think of Nile a man is normal. And for you listeners out there that I, I would assume most Cars Yell listeners know what Isle of Man TT race is. But if you don't, just go to YouTube, type in Isle of yeah. Man TT, your jaw will drop open because these are guys riding motorcycles basically through towns and countrysides where the margin for error is so bloody thin <laughs> that it's mind-boggling, right? I, th- I think it's probably worth reminding, uh, and I'm sure you, all your listeners know already, but just in case they don't, it's on a public road. Yes. So it, it has bus stops, it has benches. Curbs, telephone poles. Curbs, telephone, yeah, everything, yeah. you name it. And if they're going to Google a video... Do watch them going down Bray Hill, B-R-A-Y Hill. When you stand there, even to this day, I've been all my life, years and years, I still get this sensation of just like, whoo, all over my body. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Google Bray Hill. It's incredible. Now, also, your uncle owned and ran Manx Leathers, right? Yes. That many of the yeah, riders wore. Yeah, that was a really, um, in the 70s, the Dunlops wore Manx Leathers. It was it was sort of like um, the brand that a lot of the top riders wore. And it was also before the Japanese, like Dainese, really took over in Kushitani. It was just when you still had British brands, you know, that were, that were widely worn and used by people. So, um, yeah, he, he's made suits for, for everybody. Yeah, what a history that you have there. I mean, it's just mind-boggling to me. Let's dive into what you're doing because as I mentioned in the intro for Rachel, she does these photographs. You're the model in the photographs, right? Yep. They're very provocative, right? Typically, yep. typically, now I'm going to get some ears perking up here. You don't have any clothes on. No, no. I mean, it, it takes the problem away of deciding what to wear. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, now that we've got the listeners' real attention, the thing that really stands out for me and having had an artistic background you are rather statuesque i will say you remind me of the statues uh romanesque and so forth that many times in your photographs you look like a statue almost oh right well, that's interesting that, that's my perception of it it's, yeah that's really interesting because i uh, when i design the shots and i think about the poses i've always gone for that Greco-Roman Olympian thing because you've done it. I, yeah, I, I don't want them to be sexy. I, I don't. I know I've got no clothes on, but I don't want them to look in any way. It's not erotic. It, I, I just love the female form, and I, I deliberately went for an athletic kind of that, that that Olympian look because to me that's not. It's clear of being near the erotic side of things. Uh, in my opinion. And that's why I, I, it's really well observed that actually, because I try really hard to go for that. Well, you pulled it off. And I'll tell you something. When I had you on the show six years ago, I was looking at some imagery that you sent. And of course, my wife walks in right at that moment. And she's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> and I said, well, oh, this, no. this is a lady I'm going to have on my show. And she goes, yeah, right. And I go, no, really? Look at what she's doing. And she looked and she went, oh, my. She goes, You know, I first looked and went, why is that lady naked on a racetrack? And then uh, we started looking through your imagery. Very artistic. But what is more interesting than the fact that you don't have clothes on, to me, is the settings and the history. And you've gone, you've notched it up a bunch of levels with this new series of imagery for 2022. You've brought history into the story. And these, these are telling stories. They're not just images of a woman. They're there's history behind it. So if you could share maybe, let's pick one or two images that you're really 
I mean, it's hard to pick which ones you like the best, but maybe ones that stand out for you that this historical background really stands out and kind of walk us through it. Well, because of COVID, it was difficult getting over to the Isle of Man with with, a t- with the photographer and helpers because of the isolation, and it was just too complicated. So we shot. We decided to do it a bit different, and we took TT stories. So it's still based on the TT's history, but wound it right back to the manufacturers, the riders. The so, for example, one of the images is shot the last remaining part of the BSA factory. So obviously, I never knew this until recently, but BSA once were the biggest motorcycle manufacturer in the pl- on the planet. One in four motorcycles in the 50s and 60s was a BSA. One in four One globally. One in four. Wow, I didn't One in know four. that. Wow. And the, the factory of Smallheath, I would love to go back in time and see it. It was huge, but the only bit that remains still has BSA on it. And it's now owned by a gun company, which is still BSA Guns. So they, they opened up and let us shoot there, which was amazing. And it felt really special being there, actually. It was, I'm a real history buff, yeah. uh, like really sadly so. Yeah, it was great. And they, they lent me one of the very first rifles that BSA ever made because BSA started making guns. It was called Birmingham Small Arms. That was, yeah, that's right. where BSA comes from. So that was a really cool shot. And by sheer luck, pure serendipity, when the calendar was launched, I was invited to the BSA launch. So BSA now, as the motorcycles, has been bought out by an Indian company called Mahindra. And they've just relaunched the Gold Star, one of the most famous BSA bikes. Now, the front cover of the calendar is me perched on a massive Gold Star with a gun. By sheer coincidence. So the timing is perfect. But So that image is really special to me. And then, again, being a real saddo. <laughs> I also um, did, a, we also did a shoot at Fort Dunlop. So Dunlop Tyres, which I think is now owned by Goodyear. I hope that's right. They had this massive factory in the UK. You can see it from the biggest motorway in the UK. And all the tyres, the very first race tyre, motorcycle race tyres are made there. And the National Motorcycle Museum lent me the very first Norton that won the very first TT in 1907 wow, to be wow. in the shop. It was amazing. So they, they let me borrow the bike. My dad's obviously really experienced in motorcycles handling them. So my dad was with me and he handled the priceless 1907 Norton Twin. But to have that in a shot, now that is TT history gold. I mean, the very first bike that won the very first race on the very first Norton, uh, sorry, Dunlop racing tyres that were ever produced. That's so that was a special shot. You know, what you've done here is really, really cool. And and that's why I wanted to make sure the listeners understood the history and the, the stories that go in the back end of these images are really fascinating to me. And you've you've really you've just every year you've notched it up because since you were first on the show, I followed you. Uh, I'll, I'll say that we become kind of friends here, you know, and yeah. And uh, the fact that I see, all right, this is really cool what she's doing. But this year, since it was so different, that's why I wanted to have you come back and now learning those more intricate details about some of those images and you've done one for every month so people can buy either a calendar or you sell individual prints too right yeah i do prints and i do these um they've just arrived i'm really again sad really excited <laughs> i've got these new like branded beautiful boxes so it's called like the, the sort of 12 inch collection so they're all the size of a record and people can like have a set of three and yeah so th- i've just launched that as well so yeah people can have the prints as well just a sad, geeky additional fact to the Norton Dunlop story. Joe Boyd Dunlop developed, he was a vet, actually, an Irish vet. And he developed the pneumatic tyre from playing around with his son's tricycle. So on the shop, we've got, I'm actually on a really old tricycle, like a, a vintage tricycle. So anyway, that's just a, another 
Oh, no, that's cool because, I, I, yeah, I went through those images and I went, okay, the tricycle, what does that yeah, have that's, to do? that's it? why there's a tricycle in there. Very cool. Well, I love the way you've wrapped all of this into these beautiful images and the history and the fact that your family goes back so far. I mean, it, all these things line up now in understanding what you're doing and the fun that you're having. I think it's really, really, really fun. I'd like to ask you about, well, actually, let's do this. So let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the challenges that trying to put these shoots together create because you don't really make it easy, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. No. All right, we'll keep that thought and we'll be right back. Linkage, it's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. So let's talk about this, Rachel. The intricacies and the details, you touched on a couple there, getting this one-of-a-kind motorcycle. I mean, the star, the the first rifle mate. I mean, all these things that you have to pull together. I would imagine there's some challenges that come with putting these shoots together and doing these things. So can you touch on a little bit of, of what some of those might be and how you've overcome yeah. them is the most important part. Well, like the stupid things like um, the star, for example. I knew, I knew it had to be 3D, so we made it out of MDF, big, chunky 3D star made out of MDF wood. And I knew it had to be gold. Even though the pictures are black and white, it needed to shine like gold. So I bought absolutely loads of gold spray. And I, am, I have to confess, I'm a bit of a last-minute person. <laughs> so the night before the book, the BSA location was booked and arranged, uh, which took quite a bit of doing with the company and the boss and opening the gates for us, and the night before, uh, we sprayed the star and thought, right, okay, that's great. We're finished in time. Fantastic. We'll get it in the morning. It'll be dry. It'll be gold. And it just didn't. It was awful. It was just wood colored. So I had oh, to. Oh, so the wood sucked up all the paint? It just sucked up all the gold oh. and it looked like a horrible star shaped coffin. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
So I had to phone the guy, apologise profusely. Luckily, he was the nicest man ever. BSA Guns Limited, the nicest people ever. And I had to rush out and buy loads of gold leaf. I don't know if you've ever... Gold leaf? Gold, not gold leaf. It's not like gold leaf, gold leaf, but it's like gold leaf paper. Paper, so it's oh. Still, okay. It's really expensive. Yeah. It's not obviously not quite gold leaf. Okay, I was but going, it's wow. Like, it's so fine that when you... You have to like pick it out and put it on, on, on glue, but it shatters in the air. Oh, it yeah. is so delicate. So anyway, so trying to do that in a rush while you're trying to get to Birmingham is anyway, we did it in the end. But and then with the Dunlop shoot, that took quite a lot of um, organizing with the company because they had to make lots of clearances and stuff. But then but, so there's that side of it where there's a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, all very uh, contractual. And then um, there's the whole, you know, how do you get? a world-class priceless motorcycle safely delivered across Birmingham right. in the right vehicle with the right supports, with the right straps, unloading it. And then you got the insurances and it's all, there's lots of layers and layers of organizing that, that probably people don't imagine takes place. Yeah. Photo shoots. I worked in the advertising industry and then a lot of marketing and a company I ran for years. And you take these, like we, we had catalog covers that we would shoot where we would bring in a very special automobile, in some cases, multi-million dollar vehicles. And we would set up all these lights around them and product placement and all of this. And people that would come and want to watch the shoot, I would say, you know, photo shoots are kind of like war. There's a long period of boredom with short bursts of excitement. Yes, I completely agree. They would sit there and everyone would say the same thing. They'd go, I had no idea how much work went into this one. I just thought you just parked the car there and put a bottle and took a picture with your iPhone. And it doesn't exactly. work that way. And you would see these multi-million dollar cars with all these light umbrellas and light stands and things around them. We'd have to secure them to make sure they don't fall in the car. And, you know, heaven forbid you damage somebody's car, especially if they're sitting there right in front of you. Most people had no idea, but... As you've learned as an artist, when you see great photography versus most of the photography we see these days, which are shot on phones, there's a massive difference in the light, yeah. the subject matter, the placement, the way it's done. So let me ask you this. When you take a look at, let's say, that, that shot with the infamous gold star, aside from all the effort to just get to location to shoot, how long did it take to shoot that shot? Um, it probably takes half a day. And that was an easy one because it was one prop. And it was very simple, actually, that, that we just had the background, the prop and the gun, the rifle, uh, the antique rifle. And but it's um, but yeah, well, it takes half a day. I'm saying it takes half a day. We've got to get there. We've got to unload. So it's actually a day. It's half a day for me posing. But it's 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 probably a day in terms of the whole thing. One, And that's for one image. So that's a trouble. Well, it's a trouble. And it's an I like location shoots, but it, it is that kind of it's a really time and money costly thing to do isn't it because you're not just going bang 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 in a studio it's oh, and, sure. and then you're at the mercy of the british weather which is obviously really unpredictable <laughs> and it was in november so it wasn't wasn't the warmest Ooh, cold but, um, yeah, yeah but the weird thing is i can't i'm a really cold person like the cold i have the coldest blood in the world but when you are i think it's the adrenaline of wanting to get that shot because i don't feel it when i'm in when i'm doing it i just i'm all i'm thinking about is positions angles what the camera can see and i don't even feel the cold it's really weird do you work with the same photographer all the time? Yeah, I've had, um, there's two that I've worked with. One, uh, Peter Gresto, he took the very first pictures, but then he was um, really interesting, a wonderful man, super intelligent. He was a foreign correspondent for the BBC. And when he took the very first photos, he was going through um, 
sort of a lot of changes in his personal life and his working life. So he had this time, but then he was recruited by Al Jazeera to be a, a foreign correspondent. So he went back to work for Al Jazeera and I would have liked to think that we would have carried on working together, but he was arrested in Cairo because the owners of Al Jazeera were implicated with the Muslim Brotherhood. Oh. Um, I think it's called the Muslim Brotherhood. Anyway, he it was nothing to do with him, but for whatever reason, he was arrested for a year and imprisoned in Cairo. Oh, my gosh. And he, was Austra- he is Australian. The Australian prime minister helped get him uh, released. Him um, wow. Oh, my gosh. So he... Obviously, being in prison is a bit of a bit of a, an obstacle to doing a calendar. Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, but anyway, and he, I'm really pleased to say he has a glittering career. He does talks. He's written all sorts, and I think he's now a professor in Australia. Wow! Uh, amazing journalist, amazing man. So, but sometimes, as one door closes, another one opens. And Ian came along, who was a friend of a friend of a friend, and Ian is absolutely brilliant. He is. One of those people who he takes a puff of his cigarette or his vapor. Anything you can say, you can say, Ian, I really want to get an elephant on the Nürburgring. And he won't be flustered. He'll just say, all right then, Rach. All right, let's have a think about this. And it's just brilliant. You can say, Ian, we're going to go on a roof. Where I'm going to take a tiger up there. And he takes a puff. Yeah, that's, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. He's absolutely brilliant. And we we have such a good time together. And we've been to the Nürburgring. We've, we've been all over together and had a ball. I finally found an elephant, a real elephant, (laughs) uh, to get on the Nürburgring. And I was so excited. I was so really wanted an elephant on the Nürburgring because the first car that won the very first race was known as the White Elephant. So, And I found the local circus, Cologne Circus, they would have brought one for me, but they wanted €10,000. Oh, ouch. And and I just didn't have €10,000. Expensive. Elephants are expensive to rent, that's for sure. Yeah, (laughs) I do know that. If I won the lottery, I'd be back there like a shot. Well, maybe one day we'll see that. That would be something for yeah. sure. So let's talk about bucket list things, where you see the future. And we don't want to look too far out because, boy, after we've been through the last two oh, years, no. yeah. uh, you never know what the future is going to do to you. However, you did some unique things over the time since you were last on the show with some sound wave stuff, if I remember yeah. right. You did. You kind of ventured into some other areas. Yeah, and I really want to develop that and I've had a few requests it's um because I paint as well and I got really interested in the forms the way that sound waves actually look I think they're quite beautiful and and I really like information I like things that give you information and I like the fact that when you look at a sound wave for example a recording of say again very geeky if you look at the sound wave of Mike Hailwood going around a section of the TT course you can actually see you can kind of tell what section he's at if you know the course because you can see that the waveform changes as the revs go up and you can see where he's changed gear. So I started sort of interpreting those, well, uh, translating them into oil paintings. So And they've gone down really well. It's just something that I think now the calendar's out of the way. I'm doing a book next. So oh, cool. after Christmas, I start a book and that'll be like a kind of a, a TT catalogue and it will be the first of catalogues about lots of different subjects where the photographs a kind of a historical it's like a, it's like do you have ladybird books in america ladybird i'm not sure it's a british I, thing okay. it's like these kids book called ladybird books oh, okay okay and they're kind of like like te- they say it's like the ladybird book of animals or the ladybird book of farmyard animals and they have like the, the information and a picture but i want to create the ladybook ladybird book series for adults so it's like art nude photography but with the information but in more obviously in depth and anyway so the first catalog comes out before well around spring so there's that but once that's out of the way i'm going to probably go back to doing more of these sound wave 
paintings. They're called sound stories, actually. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. Well, sorry, I just went around a massive like. That's okay. Loop. Well, a wiggly loop. I love that. More creative creativity coming out of uh, Rachel Clay. Where do people find out about you? Your website, I assume. Um. Yep. It's www.rachel and that's Rachel with an A so it's R-A-C-H-A-E-L Clegg.com Okay, C-L-E-G-G, two G's Yep, Yep. G-G G-G. There you go, we'll make sure I put links to that on Rachel's show notes page. Is there a special vehicle in your past, Rachel, that really stands out? Maybe a bike? Oh yeah, you know what I'd love to buy, but I can't afford the petrol Oh Um, yeah, it's gotten expensive The Ford F-250 circa 1985 high boy Oh Oh, interesting. I, absolutely. They make me melt, honestly. I, I actually, okay, here's the secret thing. This okay. answers the very first question. I actually look at pictures on Google images just of the F-250 in my downtime. Really? And it, it kind of, yeah. There's no sexual arousement. I must add that. It's not, I wouldn't <laughs> no, take it that far. It's not but, odd. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I just think it is the most amazing vehicle ever. And I would, if I could afford to, the gas, I would drive one every single day. That is very interesting. Hmm. But it's got to be 1985. 1985. Before, when there were nice, clean, straight lines. Yeah, Yeah. I get it. You know, us listeners here uh, at Cars, yeah, we get it. What cars kind of uh, tickle our fancy, I should say. Uh, Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's just excited. Yeah, everything's different. But boy, that's an interesting one for you because for an artist who's about form and creativity and function, the Ford F-250 is this utilitarian beast, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Yeah, very interesting here. Go big or go home. Yeah, okay. I like it. Well, that's a great segue to this next question, which crawls into your skull. I don't believe I asked you this last time you were on the show. If you were manifest as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be, Rachel. This is how you perceive the woman in the mirror, who you are internally. What kind of vehicle would Rachel be, but more importantly, why? I think it would be a Ford F-250. Are are we back to that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not like an oil painting, but I think, I think, um, yeah, I think I am quite gritty and I really love chatting to people. I I love having everyday conversations with people in the, in the supermarket, in the shop. I love, yeah, I'm a, I'm also very, very retro. I love, I'm obsessed with nostalgia. I'm obsessed with history. So it's got to be an old vehicle, which it now is, isn't it? 85, I guess. I guess it is. Yeah. And it's kind of gritty. It's, it's a bit messy because I'm probably not very organized, <laughs> Ter- not very efficient, which I've never been efficient in my entire life. So yeah, probably, probably okay, the F-250. Okay. Now, if we were to, let's take this a little further since you are a creative lady. What color? Brown. Oh gosh. <laughs> I know, I know. I love brown. I know, I know it's really sad, but um, brown. yeah, I, I, I wear brown clothes a lot. And I don't know if it's going to, I love brown F-250s. Or maybe if I was pushing the boat out, I think they do this. I've seen one of them in like a nice baby blue. Okay. Yeah. So it's either blue or brown. Blue or baby blue. Okay. Baby blue or brown. Very interesting. Well, that's why that question brings out the interesting side to many, many people. Uh, is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed reading? Oh, yeah. Let me show you. You, well, have, no, a, you have a few books here. Yeah. Quite a few books. Yeah. Um, am I okay to, uh, to grab it? Oh, sure. Take your time. Okay, this is this is another thing. I collect really obscure old books. Okay, ones that are really funny. I found this in a charity shop, and it's called "How to Avoid Matrimony," <laughs> and it's it's written by a bachelor in the sixties, and he has a chart at the front, and he goes through the different ages of like a uh, relative, like single life to how old a man is. So he says here, 
the age 20 to 30, extreme pressure from society to get married, and if sycophantic, in grave danger of doing so. (laughs) And then this one where he says, age 50 to 75, begins to fret for someone to darn socks, dangerous. So. How funny. That's, I, I love who, that book. Who is the author of that book? Harold Frey, I think. Yeah, Harold Frey. Frey. How do you spell his last name? Harold. Sorry, it's Harold Frey. H-E-R-A-L-D and then F-R-O-Y. Harold Frey. You just know. You know he was a playboy. Yep. He was written in the 50s, 60s. I bet he had an amazing car collection. I bet he went racing. It's like that era of kind of just a, the kind of guy you want to go for a drink with. <laughs> Yeah, sounds no, like not it. not marry. You wouldn't want to marry. No, probably not. It probably wouldn't last. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, Harold's not uh, very devoted to long-term relationships. That's, <laughs> no. that's obvious. It's a pretty thick book, too. So, well, I have a feeling you're going to have to find that on eBay or the used bookstore somewhere out there. Yeah. Very interesting and a fun read. So uh, before I let you go today, we're going to go on the ultimate drive. Unlimited checkbook here at Cars Yeah. I've got as much money as you'd like to spend. You get to pick any vehicle in the world to be in. You get to pick anybody to be with. This could be somebody living or deceased, and you get to be going anywhere. So what does the ultimate drive look like for Rachel Clegg? Well, mildly obsessed with Mike Halewood. Mike and Hailwood. I, I think oh, he was like okay. super. I've, I've, read, I've written and read a lot about him. So, I've, in a weird way, I feel somehow like I sort of know Mike Hailwood, even though he died when I was born. I'd quite like to go on a fun road trip with Mike Hailwood. And it, apparently, he loved rock and roll. So, he'd blast his music out when he was driving his, um, his Citroen. And I don't know. I think I'd either like to sort of drive through Italy with him around some of the lovely sort of coastal roads in Italy. Yeah. Or, and I know this is cliched, but I've never been to California and I would love to go down. What is it? Um, Pacific Coast Highway. Highway, Highway yeah, 1. I would yeah. love to do that. So, and I think, yeah, I think Harewood would be quite a good, a good driving buddy. If, 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 you know, if we can go with dead people. Of course. He'd be the one. Yeah, I'll bring him back to life for you. We don't want him oh, to be dead you. while you're on the trip. That wouldn't be any fun. Uh, but that, I get the point here. <laughs> what uh, what what kind of car would you like to be in? Now, you get to pick any car in the world. If you say an F-250 truck, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. We'll avoid the F-250. <laughs> yeah, any, any vehicle in the world. You know, could be something fun. I mean, Mike's got to be Buick, sports probably car. Probably a Buick Riviera, Ooh. 1967. Okay. I Okay. I love it. I could see that. That would be a fun ride. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, I think so. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that's happened in the last few weeks. A lot of guests have said, and they've been guests from the UK, Highway One down the coast highway. Oh, I can right. tell you, since I've done it many times with my son one time in a Porsche 550 Spider, oh, uh, all wow. the way from Long Beach, all the way up to Gig Harbor, 1500 miles up the coast. I've done that. I've done it on my bicycle. Uh, it is a beautiful drive. There's lots to see. Uh, you want to definitely take some time there with Mike. If you leave Italy and come over here with him in that Buick Riviera. So that sounds I don't like- think it'd be I don't think it'd be a romantic trip because he was a womanizer. So I'd leave him to do his womanizing. There you go. I just think as a as a road buddy. Yeah, I think just he's a friend, like, a pal. Yeah, yeah. 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 That would be fun. Sounds great. You have taken us on another wonderful journey here today, Rachel. This has been so much fun to catch up with you. I'll make sure I put links so that all you listeners can go check out what Rachel's doing. Hopefully you buy yourself something, buy some Gifts for friends. This would be a great gift for car buddies or bike buddies, men or women who like history. They like to learn about history. You'll be can you'll you'll believe like I believe that Rachel does something here that is very unique, uh, a bit provocative, but very very cool in many many ways. And I love this history and how you pulled all this together. So uh, so much fun to have oh, you back. You. You're welcome. Before I let you go though. 
Could you leave us with a a success quote, a mantra, some kind of word of inspiration, perhaps? Yeah, I always say, I wrote this down when I was about 10 years old, and I remember writing it. If everyone was a little dafter, the world would be a better place. (laughs) I like it. I don't know if you you do use the word daft in the US. Not not a whole lot here, but I think we know what it means. But why don't you you tell our listeners in the US here what daft means to you? Daft is kind of like a bit silly, kind of just a bit fun and, you know, just... Maybe just lighten up, you know. Lighten up. Just, yeah, like when you open yourself to silliness and just seeing the funny side of things, you can get through a lot of difficult situations, I think. And I think, yeah, that's that's the mantra, I think. Uh, you know, after the last just two years. Just to have a laugh. The, well, the last two years we've been through, we need some more daftness oh, definitely. in our lives. That's for sure. Absolutely, yes. Very definitely. cool. Well, listeners, again, you can find Rachel at Rachel. R-A-C-H-A-E-L Clegg, C-L-E-G-G.com. You can see everything that we're work- we're talking about here today. I think you'll have a lot of fun with this. Rachel, so good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for spending some, oh, more- thank you. some time with me. This has been absolutely wonderful. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, and I know that women make great techs. That's why I support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Techs Rock initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!